Thanks for listening to this podcast of Trending with Timory. If you haven't already subscribed, please catch us wherever you love to listen to your podcast, from the Relevant Radio app to Apple, YouTube, you name it, we are there. And if you listen on Apple Podcasts, please be sure to go and give us a five-star review to help other people discover the podcast. Anything you share in terms of episodes, whether it's texting it to a friend, posting on social media, helps to build up the kingdom for God to help confront the challenging issues we face as a culture, but with joy, with hope, and with an eternal perspective where our faith collides with everyday life, bringing eternal principles to help us live our life joyfully. So, what's trending? Bridging your Catholic faith with your everyday life. You're listening to Trending with Timory on Relevant Radio. Good news. This week, an abortion clinic in the state of Florida actually shut down. Why? Well, it was sad news due to multiple hospitalizations where patients had to be taken for emergency uh, care, but essentially they've let what's happened is they've lost their licensing due to these emergency situations. The reality is, is that these stories are often covered up. This is one abortion clinic that is not operating because the reality is, is that they were not caring for women's bodies as they try to claim is the case. You're listening to Trending with Timory here on Relevant Radio. We need to continue to speak up and advocate, especially in the face of the issue of abortion returning to the individual states. But another topic for today, Gentleman's Hour, and I'm really excited for two of my guests. A little later on, I'll be joined by Lieutenant Colonel Dave Grossman, and we're going to talk about the recent shooting in Texas, countless lives lost, in particular children, how to make sense of it, especially when There's an 18-year-old young man who is the one who was killing these kids. Uh, What what do we say? Well, he actually wrote, that is Lieutenant Colonel Dave Grossman, wrote a book called Assassination Generation some years ago. And it tries to help make sense of what's happening with this rise in school shootings over the last 30 years or so. They're fascinating connections. We'll get his keen insights on the recent shooting and dive into understanding a little bit more what's happening behind the male psyche that's leading to the shootings. Joining me in just a few moments will be Sal Stefano, and he is the co-founder of Mind Pump. It is the most popular podcast in the world, specifically talking about fitness. And it's fascinating. He actually wrote a recent book called The Resistance Training Revolution. So we're going to talk about two riveting topics. Gentlemen, listen up. And you don't have to be a man to listen today or ever. Our gentlemen's hours are always fun. But we're going to talk about why testosterone is so important and how low testosterone can actually lead to depression decrease libido and other things for men. And we're going to talk about how to increase testosterone. We're also going to dive into how men can gain muscle, lose fat, and age-proof their bodies. And get this, gentlemen, if you hate the cardio, if you're sick of it, also maybe you just 
experiencing aches and pains from some of those runs. I'm not a big fan of running type cardio. Well, you don't have to be either. You're listening to Trending with Tim Ray here on Relevant Radio during our weekly Gentleman's Hour. If you have a question for Sal or my guest a little later, Lieutenant Colonel Dave Grossman, number is 1-888-914-9149. Sal Stefano, welcome to Trending. I'm really excited to have you on. Love your podcast. And you were talking about so many topics relevant to where we're at in the culture with men, kind of the laziness and the crisis surrounding exercise and the overall degeneration of the body for many people, but also what's happening with this decrease in testosterone for many men leading to, and even just over the last 40, 50 years, we've actually seen studies showing that men's sperm count has decreased by more than 50%, leading to a decrease in libido. Many of these issues, including the increase in depression among men, is due to low testosterone levels. I'd love to hear your thoughts. Welcome to Trend. Oh, thank you so much for having me on. Yeah, that's it's been observed now for, for decades. It's a, a medical issue that um, scientists are trying to figure out what, what's causing this consistent decline um, in testosterone. We're not quite sure uh, what the cause is, probably a combination of things, but we do know that there are things you can do um, that have been shown to raise testosterone. And so that's what I like to focus on when I talk about this issue on my podcast because the, the root causes of the lowering testosterone, we're not quite sure yet. Like I said, it's mm-hmm. probably a combination of issues, but there are things you can do now um, that can reliably raise testosterone, especially if it's low. I want to talk about those things, but before we get there, a couple things. I do think it's interesting. A lot of endocrinologists, along with many of our guests here on Trending, discuss how there are many endocrine disruptors today leading to just the way we eat, toxins in the environment, plastic. Plastic's a huge one. I know a lot about hormones. I've shared part of my story with hormones and um, autoimmune disorders and Often we talk about it from the perspective of women, but not often as men. I think a lot of men find it a rather uh, emasculating topic, uh, somewhat humiliating. But the reality is, is that we're seeing an increase in ED, among other things. So let's talk about some of the problems men are experiencing because of low testosterone and then what we can do to increase testosterone in men today. Yeah, no. So, um, well, of course, low libido, um, reduced fertility. Those are the ones, those are the symptoms most people are aware of. But what a lot of men are not aware of are some of the other symptoms of low testosterone. Um, Low drive, just overall drive, confidence. um, Mm. That's reduced when testosterone is low. Um, Lower bone mass, muscle mass, unexplained body fat gain, um, low energy, poor sleep. And then we now know that low testosterone increases the risk of heart disease, cancers, um, and causes reduced cognitive function. So it's not just libido. In general, low testosterone will make you feel just not great. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A lot of men today will say they don't really feel like they're manly. And it's interesting because I think in some respects, Sal, I think this does come back to low testosterone that is increasing among men today because of that lack of drive. Well, no wonder. I think anyone who's experiencing a lack of drive in life, uh, bone mass decreasing, low energy, lack of confidence. Yeah, I think any of us would feel uncomfortable in our own skin. 
But I think at the heart of the question, this is what's fascinating. Dieting and exercise are game changers when it comes to testosterone. So tell us where we need to go from here and how to make some changes to increase that confidence, to increase that drive, to increase everything from fertility and libido to making yourself resistant against depression. Yeah, no, um, this is great. So when it comes to exercise, generally speaking, with exercise and nutrition, if you improve your health, men should see an improvement in testosterone levels. So that's very general, but let's get more specific. One form of exercise in particular has been shown to raise testosterone consistently um, across the board and increase the androgen receptor density of the body. So androgen receptors are the receptors that testosterone attaches to. And so here's something interesting about that. Studies uh, comparing men with lower to higher testosterone to try to see the differences in, in muscle gain and bone mass and all that stuff, androgen receptor density actually is, uh, plays a bigger role. So if you have more androgen receptors, the testosterone you do have uh, works much more effectively. Strength training raises testosterone and increases androgen receptor density. So now why does this happen? Well, when you work out with resistance, like you lift weights or machines or bands or even body weight in a way to build muscle, you're telling your body, we need strength, we need muscle. And what your body does is it organizes its hormones in a way to do so. And one of the primary muscle building hormones in men, uh, also in women, by the way, is testosterone. So men will get a rise in testosterone simply because their body is trying to build muscle. Um, sleep is also very important. Lack of sleep is a testosterone killer or poor quality sleep as a testosterone killer. One of the biggest contributors to that is that we're on our electronics um, all day long. We don't get much sunlight. Our circadian rhythm um, mm-hmm. is a bit off. And then we hit the pillow right. and we expect to fall right asleep. Um, mm. so, one, so a couple things you could do is get sunlight during the day to get that circadian rhythm um, to get you know, calibrated properly. And then about an hour or two before you go to bed, turn off your electronics, turn the lights yes. down. Or, um, you know, or second option would be to wear blue light blocking glasses. And then you mentioned nutrition. Um, adequate fat and protein intake are crucial for testosterone. Too low of fat, uh, too low of protein can lower uh, testosterone levels. Also, eating too many calories, uh, eating lots of junk food has been shown to lower testosterone. And then nutrient deficiencies, um, the most common ones being vitamin D deficiency and zinc, a uh, very important mineral. Both deficiencies can cause uh, low testosterone levels. Oh, it's interesting because much of what you're saying is what is kind of the general norm of, okay, stay healthy, get in the sun, actually eat fat. Fat is a good thing. Those myths, I mean, the food pyramid, I still just absolutely balk at anyone who tries to lecture me about the food pyramid, especially with food allergies. I really learned how to eat over the years and out of necessity, but you know, you learn that so much of what's been taught is a lie and it's leading to much of this imbalance hormonally for both men and women in energy issues. And one of them is the lack of fat. And even just talking to a physician the other day, she was talking about how the majority of our brain is made up of cholesterol. And if you drop your cholesterol, too low, well, your body's going to start eating away at the cholesterol in your brain because it needs it. Same with things such as fat. You know, these things are good, but we've kind of shifted how we look at the human body. Uh, and I think a lot of that has been due to 
our sedentary lifestyle, our lifestyle uh, void of being outside in the sun, our lifestyle void of doing many of the kind of hunting gathering type of things that our bodies were made for, that really is at the end of the day, basic resistance training, which is what so much of what you advocate for in your book, the resistance training revolution. We do have some questions coming in about testosterone. If you have a question for Sal, the number is 1-888-914-9149. Sal Stefano is the co-founder of the leading world podcast on fitness. Uh, you can find him, Mind Pump is the name of that, and also the author of the book, Resistance Training Revolution. Sal, a question came in, and I'm curious your thoughts on this. Sam from Athens, Georgia, is wondering about testosterone. He said, I take a testosterone blocker because my testosterone was too high, and those high levels could cause cancer. Was that accurate? What was what I was told from my doctor concerning high levels and cancer? Yeah, very interesting with uh, the connection of uh, testosterone um, and cancer. Now, of course, there are um, extreme situations. Um, so you definitely want to listen to your doctor's advice if they're telling you uh, something may be bad for you. So I definitely want to say that first. But when it comes to testosterone, there's a lot of myths surrounding testosterone's role in certain cancers, in particular prostate cancer. So prostate cancer, we now know in studies that men with low testosterone actually have higher rates of prostate cancer. Now, can mm -hmm. testosterone drive prostate cancer growth if you already have prostate cancer? Well, yes, that's true. Just like uh, carbohydrates and proteins can drive cancer growth if you already have cancer. But the key really is creating an environment that does not cause cancer to happen in the first place. Low testosterone levels, which is far more common than too high a testosterone level, Low testosterone levels raises your risk of heart disease, and it raises your risk of cancers, including prostate cancer. So uh, there's nothing healthy about having low testosterone. Now, in this particular gentleman's case, I'm not quite sure what the situation was and why he's on um, testosterone blockers. That does sound like a, a, a more rare situation. But for the vast majority of people listening to this right now, and men listening to this right now, if your testosterone levels are low and or you feel symptoms of low testosterone, because from man to man, what's optimal can be a bit different um, mm -hmm. Then start strength training, get good sleep, eat a whole food diet, get some sunlight um, and you'll get more optimum, healthier levels of testosterone, which include, which in improve longevity. You know, it's interesting as I'm looking at this question too from Sam about having high testosterone and taking a testosterone blocker. My big question, I don't know about you, Sal, whenever I hear, okay, someone's too high or too low in something, you know, as a woman having struggled with things related to fertility and hormone balance, the adage was always just, well, just put the woman on the pill and the pill will seemingly fix everything and regulate everything for women's health. And the problem is, is that that approach doesn't actually get to the reason of, well, why are the hormones off? What's causing this? And so I think my one concern and frustration with the medical community is when we have something like this where we know, okay, someone's high or low in testosterone, the question should be, well, why? What can we do to help um, alter that, you know, help make sure that testosterone is developing correctly uh, rather than just giving something to inhibit that production. And I think that that's one of the things that I always say, ask why, get second opinions, go to some of the experts on this. Don't just immediately go for the Band-Aid. What are your thoughts? Oh, 100% agree. I mean, uh, to use an analogy, it would be like um, you're banging your head against the wall 
and you continue to take painkillers to help the headache, um, but you never stop banging your head against the wall. So a lot of times, <laughs> and you know, Western medicine does some things very, very well, but it's something that does very poorly. One of the things that Western medicine does very poorly is treat chronic health conditions, and it's mainly because our system is designed around symptom control. So right. you have symptoms of pain, you have symptoms of hormone imbalances. Well, here's a drug that can help with the symptoms, but we never really figure out the root cause. So, you know, when it comes to your hormones, your hormones tend to reflect your lifestyle. Now, of course, there are situations where uh, you, you need to supplement with hormones or use hormone therapy to optimize your health. Um, that's definitely true. But in many, many cases, it's the lifestyle that's causing the problem. And if you, fi if you fix the lifestyle, um, things balance out, and that's optimal. That's the best uh, place to be. You want optimal, natural testosterone levels for, for good health. And if you don't live a healthy lifestyle, if you don't give your body a reason to have testosterone, in other words, you don't tell your body you need to be strong, you need to have some muscle, because muscle is expensive tissue, and your body will get rid of it uh, if it doesn't think it needs it. I mean, if you don't believe me, um, if you've ever had a cast on an arm or a leg for you know, longer than a few days, you can see how much muscle you lose in a very short period of time. Your body will pare that muscle down. And if it doesn't need the testosterone to maintain that muscle, to build muscle, it's going to lower that part of that signaling system. So give your body a reason to need and want testosterone. And one of the primary ways to do that is build muscle. Absolutely. And it even makes me think again, health journey, female hormones, but similar with male hormones. Um, I have had Hashimoto's disease and Hashimoto's disease impacts the function of your hormones. So when I was pregnant with my first baby, uh, my thyroid was overreacting, overfunctioning, and so it was leading to my inability to produce the right amount of progesterone. So I had to use progesterone to help keep that baby right where she was continuing to develop. Well, same thing with Hashimoto's and thyroid issues for many men. Uh, they often go undiagnosed and they're actually influencing the function of testosterone, the development of testosterone, regulating or deregulating regulating it. So I think that what you're saying is so important, Sal. This is part of why I love your work, Mind Pump, because you talk about these issues that testosterone, low testosterone is leading to so many things from depression, decreased libido, uh, everything from low confidence, low drive, bone mass loss, low energy. And so your really go-to tips that you're recommending to increase testosterone naturally, really to balance our lives proper sleep, getting in the sun, getting enough fat and protein in, strength training, all of these things are so important. I want to come back with you and we're going to discuss in just a moment how men can gain muscle, lose fat, and age-proof their bodies. This is part of how you increase that testosterone. Sal is the author of the book, The Resistance Training Revolution. We'll post a link on social media as well as in the podcast notes for today's show. Save this episode Wherever you like to listen to your podcasts, be sure to subscribe and text the link to a friend. This is a topic that is very under-discussed, but is so necessary for many men. So, what's trending? Bridging your Catholic faith with your everyday life. You're listening to Trending with Timory on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. 
Welcome to our weekly Gentleman's Hour today on Trending. Joining me in just a little bit will be the top law enforcement trainer in the nation. He was a Green Beret, Lieutenant Colonel Dave Grossman. He's the author of the book Assassination Generation, and he's going to join me to weigh in on the Texas shooting. It's so hard to fathom what's happened. 19 children killed, two adults, an 18-year-old shooter who was killed on the spot by law enforcement, multiple law enforcement responders who were also shot, although last I knew they will recover. Lieutenant Colonel Dave Grossman will weigh in because I think it's an important conversation. In the face of a culture that has really a crisis surrounding masculinity, fatherlessness, a breakdown in the family, there are a lot of tie-ins to this young man's story. And I'm not saying, hey, that could be your kid. But what I am saying is I think there are a lot of things happening that Lieutenant Colonel Dave Grossman points to in his book, Assassination Generation, that really helps us to understand a little bit better why these mass shootings are happening and with children. You're listening to Trending with Tim Marie here on Relevant Radio. It's our weekly Gentleman's Hour. We're just talking with Sal Stefano about low testosterone, how to increase it, what some of the problems are that occur when testosterone is low. Part of the antidote is exercise, but the right exercise. Perhaps you're sick of cardio. Perhaps you were just not a runner. I am not a runner. Can I just say that again? I'm not a runner. And you don't have to be either. Sal Stefano is the co-founder of a world well-renowned podcast, really the top podcast on fitness called Mind Pump and the author of the book, The Resistance Training Revolution. We're going to talk about how men can gain muscle, lose fat, and age-proof their bodies. Sal, take us through the heart and the meat of your book and how to make this happen. Yeah, no, so so thank you again. So we talked earlier about um, how exercise plays a big role in improving testosterone levels and in particular strength training. So not all forms of exercise are super effective at raising testosterone. Now, of course, if you improve your health generally, you'll probably see a general improvement in testosterone, but only one form of exercise has been shown across the board to reliably raise testosterone in men who have low testosterone. And even in men with normal levels of testosterone, it just raises testosterone. That's strength training. And it's through the muscle building process. Now within strength training, there are lots of different exercises. I mean, there's at least a thousand different exercises and and five different ways to do each one. They're not all created equal. Some have a much more profound effect on testosterone levels through the muscle building um, signal and others, uh, not so much. Now that's not to say that they don't all have value um, when, when, you know, used properly, but some are just more effective than others. And some of the most effective strength building exercises are known as compound exercises, compound lifts. These are big, gross motor movements. So to be more specific, a squat or, or a barbell squat, for example, very, very effective at working the lower body. It's a, it works most of the body. It requires lots of stability. You see lots of strength gain with that, subsequently good testosterone levels. A bench press, a barbell row, overhead press, um, split stance exercises like lunges, kind of these basic strength training exercises are the ones you really want to focus on because they give you so much bang for your buck. You, ha- you don't need to do them as long to elicit uh, phenomenal um, results. Another thing I like to say uh, around this topic is that you, can, you, you definitely want to train your body appropriately, okay? When it comes with exercise, all forms of exercise, but with strength training as well, 
if you train inappropriately, it just doesn't work for you. So what does that mean? The right dose will get you the best results. And it's, like it's kind of like a bell curve in terms of what the right dose is. Too little doesn't do much to, for you. The right amount gives you the best results. Too much also doesn't do much for you and can actually be, can be quite detrimental. So one piece of advice I like to tell people is when you go to the gym to exercise, rather than thinking to yourself, I'm going to work out, think to yourself, I'm going to practice the skill of exercises. Okay, so I'm going to go to the gym today, and rather than working my legs and my back and my shoulders, I'm going to practice the skill of squatting. I'm going to practice the skill of, of pressing, and I'm going to practice the skill of rowing. This allows this typically push, puts people in a position where they train more appropriately, they have better technique, and they reap more benefits of the exercise versus someone going in who says, I'm just going to work my legs out, in which case they try to train to fatigue or until they can't move anymore, form goes out the window, risk of injury goes high, and the intensity levels are just inappropriate. So you want to think of it like a skill, go to the gym, practice three or four of those exercises that I talked about, get good at those exercises so you feel stable, strong. You want to train with a moderate intensity, so you want to use a weight that feels somewhat challenging, but that doesn't allow your form to break down. And that is a, a wonderful recipe for long-term success. It's interesting you bring up practic practicing the skill of exercise versus going and saying, okay, I'm doing a leg day, I'm doing an arm day. Sometimes kind of you almost already have fatigue before you've even started and you say, oh, today's leg day or whatever it is. Uh, but I think what you're talking about, and especially here we are in Catholic Radio, it's the idea of balance. It's the idea of being able to sustain something. It really is a virtue ethic of entering into this mindset of discipline, uh, not having kind of this all or nothing attitude that many people today, I think, burn out on, uh, but also just isn't sustainable long term. Totally. And, and, you know, a lot of people don't realize this, but exercise really is just a signal that tells the body to adapt. Now, why does the body adapt? Because it's a stress on the body. So what your body does once it senses the stress is it aims to adapt so that the same insult next time is no longer a stress. It's really no different than your skin darkening um, in response to the sun so that you become more resilient to the rays of the sun. Well, when you exercise with, with weights or machines or with resistance, that's what's happening to your body. So a lot of people wonder, well, what's the appropriate amount of intensity to send that signal? Well, it depends on the individual, but if, you've not, if you haven't worked out for five years, it doesn't take much. It doesn't take much at all. And what happens if you apply too much intensity? It's the same thing that would happen to your skin if you went out in the sun and stayed out there too long. You'd get a sunburn. You wouldn't tan any faster. You'd set yourself back. Well, this is what happens with exercise. Here's a couple other rules of thumb. You should feel better at the end of your workout than you did in the beginning. So you should not feel like you're crawling out of the gym or you can barely make it into the car. Um, you should feel energized and good right after your workout. So use that as a gauge. Here's another one. You should not be super sore the days after your workout. Now, a little bit of soreness uh, is okay, the kind where you need to kind of search and stretch a little bit and be like, oh, I, I can tell I worked that muscle. That's perfectly fine. No soreness is fine as well. But if you're really sore or you're sore to the touch or it's you know, changing the way you move, you overdid it. So it, all it is, is it's sending the right amount of signaling to your body to allow your body to recover and then adapt. If you overcome your body's ability with too much intensity, what you'll end up doing is just healing. You'll just recover. 
and then you'll break down and recover and break down. And that's, this is when people go to the gym and never really improve. They just get sore and heal and get mm-hmm. sore and heal. You're searching for adaptation. So you should see are some nice, consistent gains and strength and stability and technique and form. You should feel like you're getting better at the exercises as you continue to practice them. And what that, what that means is your body is adapting, it's changing, it's building muscle. And of course, the topic here is testosterone. In order to make that happen, your body will organize its testosterone in a way to do so, which means higher lev- levels of testosterone and a greater density of androgen receptors. Okay, I want to come back to something you mentioned I think is really important. I was recently talking to a friend who's a psychologist, and she was saying she had read a study, and it really is true. I think I see this trend. I'd like to hear your thoughts that most men, when they exercise, they have the goal to work themselves out to the point of fatigue, uh, where just like they just kill themselves with exercise versus women uh, usually work out for the sake of energy. But what you're saying is actually kind of going against this study and this mindset that many men have if they're going to work out and just knock themselves out. Can you speak a little bit to that trend and how to reel that in for ultimately finding balance and discipline? Yeah, I mean, we, you know, um, we've glorified the, you know, kick your butt, I can barely move type of workouts. And you know what, what really contributes to that as well is the fact that many of us enter into a workout routine from a place of self-hate. You know, I, I'm too fat or I'm inadequate or I'm too skinny. Um, I'm out of shape. I don't like my body. And so the punishment of, the, of a brutal workout feels somewhat cathartic and satisfying. Um, but it's no wonder people stop. It's no wonder people stop working out and you ask them, well, what happened? Why'd you stop working out? And they say, well, I just want to enjoy my life, which is quite interesting considering a good workout routine, a good activity level and and nutrition only contributes to improving all aspects of the quality of your life. So no, you don't go to the gym to beat yourself up. Now you may gain some, maybe some mental benefits from seeing how tough you are. I guess you could make that case, but that's a rare occasion. You should feel really good after you're done with your workout. And, and, how do you gauge the success of your workout? Well, are you improving? Do you feel better? Are you moving better? Are you slowly getting stronger? And if that's happening, you're doing the right thing. If you just feel sore and tired and beat up, um, you're doing the wrong thing. If anything, you're just, you, you might even be going backwards, which is what I would see so often managing gyms in my early days in fitness. People would come in and just overdo it. And again, media uh, glorifies that by highlighting super advanced athletes and people who've been working out for years and years and years. You know, I've been training my body uh, for over 30 years personally. The level of training that I need to do to get my body to progress even more is is much higher than it would be for the average person just because I've been at it for for so long. If you train appropriately, your body will progress at its fastest pace. If you go harder than that, you're only slowing yourself down. Okay, another thing that you recently talked about on one of your podcasts had to do with your training buddy, your exercise partner. Now, I find this one fascinating. My husband loves exercise, but over the years, he I really discovered he does the best when he has someone else he's working out with. Uh, but I've also seen, and he's seen this as well, it doesn't bode so well depending on the mindset and the attitude of the other person. But it's interesting because although women are more social sometimes, it seems like men, when it comes to exercise, need that accountability and that competition. Can you speak to why exercise partners are so important and finding the right one if you're going to take one? 
if you have the right workout partner, uh, just like if you have the right business partner, it can be a game changer. Uh, but it can also be the opposite. If you have the wrong workout partner, um, it could be uh, totally disastrous. And you have to ask yourself some honest questions um, when determining what's right for you. Most people would say, well, I need someone to kick my butt in the gym. Um, well, if that's actually true and you need someone to push and motivate you, well, that's okay. But oftentimes it's the opposite. Oftentimes, especially for men, working out together, it becomes a big competition. People use weight that they probably shouldn't be using or doing more reps than they probably should be doing. And the intensity is a little too high. And eventually the body burns out, stops progressing, and people lose motivation. You know, it's important to note here that starting a workout pro program or losing weight or at first getting in shape, that's not a problem. Uh, millions of people do that every single year. The challenge is staying there. The challenge is not getting there. It's actually staying there. So if you go into it the wrong way, I mean, anybody can lose weight if they chain themselves to a treadmill and, and don't eat any food, but try keeping it that way. It's, it's just not going to work. So you have to think to yourself, how can I do this in a way where I'm going to feel good? I'm not going to hurt myself. I'm going to see good, consistent progress, but also in a way that's sustainable for the rest of my life. And it just doesn't work if you go in and you beat yourself up all the time or have these competitions all the time. Now, I, I love doing that every once in a while personally. It's great. But most of the time, I'm in there to improve the quality of my life for that day, give me more energy, make me feel better. And I look forward to it. And as a result, I've been consistent for, for decades. That's Sal Stefano talking about increasing testosterone to decrease many of the side effects. He's also the author of the book, The Resistance Training Revolution, the no-cardio way to burn fat and age-proof your body in only 60 minutes a week. Sal, thank you so much for joining us. Check out his podcast, Mind Pump. It is a world-leading fitness podcast we will be back here in just a moment on Trending during our weekly Gentleman's Hour with Lieutenant Colonel Dave Grossman, the top law enforcement trainer in the nation, to talk about the recent shooting, especially from her, his perspective as he wrote a book on mass shootings called Assassination Generation, trying to make sense of this trend among teenage boys in particular. We'll be right back here on Trending. We're talking about what you're thinking about. You're listening to Trending with Timory on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Lieutenant Colonel Dave Grossman joins me now. He's the author of the book Assassination Generation, which confronts the crisis today of the mass school shootings. What's happening? What's happening to these young men? He's here to talk about the Texas shooting that occurred this week, taking the lives of 19 elementary age children in Texas, two adults at Robb Elementary School. The shooter was 18 years old. He died during the shooting as he was taken down by law enforcement. Last I knew, two law enforcement um, first responders were there and actually sustained injuries, but will recover. Uh, the shooter has been identified as Salvador Ramos. And Lieutenant Colonel, you and your book, Assassination Generation, point to a number of things happening as norms in their society and the upbringing of young men that are contributing to this, as you refer to, assassination generation. I'd like to hear your initial thoughts 
on the shooting and then discuss a little bit of what we're seeing happening with our boys today. Well, Timurie, uh, you know, uh, begin with, with where the Lord and faith fits into it. There has never been a multiple homicide in an American faith-based or parochial school, private schools, faith-based parochial schools. Uh, it's a dynamic of what we've taken out of their lives and then the evil that we put into their lives. Now, that doesn't mean our faith-based schools are safe. You know, half the cost of a modern school building goes in a fire code because primarily of a tragic fire in a Catholic school in Chicago in the 1950s with a huge loss of life. Since then, we accept the fact that half the cost of the building goes in a fire code, a fire sprinkler system under pressure of the lifetime of the building and, and on and on and on. And, and, but, but it's like we don't want to do a single thing to prepare for violence. And so, you know, at the, at the base level, you know, private schools, parochial schools are a wonderful investment, but make doggone sure they're doing what we need to do. Keep the doors locked. We have to laminate film on the glass. It doesn't do any good to shut a door if you shoot out the glass and reach in and open the door. We saw that in the uh, Sandy Hook School massacre when two classrooms of first graders were slaughtered. But second, we need to look at what we're fitting into their heads. And the video games, again, this kid is a video gamer. Not every video game's a killer. When I was a kid, nobody buckled their seatbelt, and, no, and we were all fine. Not every kid with a seatbelt unbuckled uh, died, but most of the ones that died had their seatbelt unbuckled. It's, it's a, it is a risk factor when these evil games become a way of life for these children, and they turn the fantasy into our reality. Uh, and and, and I, I, one factor is the media. And I want you to just think, and, and, and you know I love you as a sister in the Lord, and I love you as a friend, but think about what you said. We, we, we talked about the shooting, and we never used the word massacre or mass murder. We talked about this evil killer, and we called him shooter. We talked about shooting. We talked about shooter. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, shooting is yeah. an Olympic sport, an honorable event. You know, uh, shooting a movie, shooting a TV show wins you an Emmy, an Oscar. You know, uh, shooting baskets makes you millions of dollars. Uh, in movies, cowboys and soldiers shoot. It's a, it's a bold and brave and honorable thing. These are killers. These are mass murderers. These are vicious, vicious, depraved people who have slaughtered innocent, innocent lives. And, and the media turns around and turns these killers into celebrities. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, you, we've, we've said his name once. We never need to say it again. You know, the, the mosque massacre in New Zealand uh, the Prime Minister of New Zealand said, we will never say this man's name. We will never show his picture. New Zealand will not even give him his name. Finally, somebody gets it. The media turns these killers into celebrities, and, and, and they know how to do it. Now, we don't know what's coming next. What's left to shock us? Uh, China's had repeated daycare massacres, and, and uh, you know, oh. China has succeeded in confiscating every gun. But knives, exits, hedging, just go online and look at China and school attacks in China with, uh, with, with masses of children being killed at daycare massacres, school. But we had to go online and look at Italian school bus hijacking just a couple of years back, right before the pandemic. And, uh, and uh, a busload of children soaked with, uh, with gasoline and, and, and the Italian police were brilliant in stopping it. The firefighters stopped it. Not a single kid died. But look up Italian school bus hijacking. And what's left to shock us? Remember, it's, it's all about media coverage. It's all about fame and glory. They become shooters. They've, they've committed shootings. Mm -hmm. These are vicious mass murders. So we took the Lord out of their lives. These things are not happening in our faith-based schools. Not once. I can only find one homicide, period. 
that ever happened at faith-based school. It was over 20 years ago, a girl that just transferred in. Uh, but make sure that our faith-based schools are safe. Keep the doors locked. Be able to lock and slam those classroom doors. Compartmentalize immediately. It doesn't do any good to lock the door if we can shoot out the glass. Have the laminate film on the glass. Do the things we need to do, especially in those faith-based schools, which is, you know, the bad guys get extra points for attacking those, and it's just a matter of time. But get the good stuff in their life and take the bad stuff out of their lives. And I'm so glad you mentioned my book, Assassination Generation. Uh, we, we need to understand something terribly important here. Right up until the early 1960s, television, Hollywood, the, the entire entertainment industry operated by a code. And the code said, we know the stories we tell will have an impact on our society. And yes. we know we have a responsibility to tell stories that will have a positive impact. And a lot of the code could be said in three words, crime doesn't pay. Criminals will not be depicted in a glorified or glamorous manner. Crime will not be depicted as a, as a positive or a paying proposition. So Overall, what changed? Well, in the early 1960s, Hollywood threw that code away. And today they say, we refuse to accept any responsibility for the sick stuff we feed your children. Now the commercials, think about this. Our 30-second commercials worth vast amounts of money because they influence our behavior. Years and years and years of six stories where the criminals are the heroes, where the cops are the bad guys. Years and years of sick, twisted stories being fed to your children, and they refuse to accept any responsibility for it. But the commercials are worth vast amounts of money because they will modify our behavior. So they took this, they took this code. During the most beautiful days of the most creative and wonderful, you know, the 30s, the 40s, the 50s, the early 60s, and they threw it away, and they put the sickest people in charge of the sickest stories to feed to our children, where criminals are the heroes, and, and the TV shows, Sopranos, Breaking Bad, Sons of Anarchy, whatever sick shows on today, the video games, where you play these mass murders, and again, the, the kid is, uh, from his youngest days, we know all the way back, one of his friends talked about playing Playing these these war games, Call of Duty, uh, and and, uh, and with and, and, with the young man who committed these yes. homicides. Yeah. Okay, and, so and, it was clear and, Call of Duty and some of the more violent video games were a part yeah. of his upbringing. Absolutely, and we see this every time. The Parkland school killer, uh, the neighbor said that he played violent video games uh, eight, ten, twelve hours a day. It was kill, 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 blow something up, kill some more, and that was that was reported in exactly two newspapers on page page three of section B, uh, the most all-consuming, all-pervasive thing in the Parkland killer's life. And, and the media wouldn't even report it. They will not mm -hmm. point the camera back at themselves the way they turn these killers into celebrities. The fact that this mm -hmm. is a worldwide phenomenon. But they say, it's the cops' fault. We gotta defund the police. That'll make the bad mm. people go away. They say, no, no, it, it, it's the guns' fault. Well, guns are part of the equation, but the guns have always been there. You know, with six million M1 carbines were manufactured in World War II and were, were dumped on the market. They were junk, semi-automatic, 20, 30 round magazine in 1946, 47, 48. You could buy one for 10 bucks and the ammo was junk. It only worked on one gun on the planet. Uh, you know, semi-automatic high capacity magazines, an equivalent weapon to what this guy used was junk and it flooded the market as military surplus in the 19 late 40s and the 1950s, and guns are part of the equation. But what is the new factor? What is new? 
and we know exactly what it is. It is a sick message as we pounded our children's kid, and then we take the Lord out of their lives. And, and the, this combination, it is not, it could not be more clear-cut when we look at all of these horrible crimes and not a single one of them has happened in a faith-based or private or, 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 or faith-based school. Not I one. think that's very profound because you emphasize that we've taken God out of the picture for these young people. We've put other things in that are filling their minds with uh, things that don't help to feed the soul, to help them feel fulfilled. And then when you add the fact that no Christian Catholic faith-based schools have had any shootings in the face of all no, of these massacres I can we've only seen find over the one. last there, 30 no, years. Yeah, no yeah, multiple just, homicides. No multiple right. homicides, period. And only one solo homicide that I could find. Yes. I mean, and that it, speaks that, volumes. And if you're just joining us now, that's Lieutenant Colonel Dave Grossman. He wrote the book Assassination Generation some years ago, helping us to make sense of these mass shootings uh, that have occurred here in this nation. And now with this 18-year-old man who has uh, taken countless lives, uh, killed these young children, why he's well lieutenant colonel dave grossman's talking to how we've taken god out of the picture we brought video games in some people will hear what you're saying and say wow that's hyperbole um you know video games aren't that bad i played them as a kid i play them now with my kids i play them as an adult uh what's the big deal can you explain some of the psychology of killing that's being trained into these young people that lead them to go and kill kids you know, Timory, in, in so many ways, the hard thing to explain is not that one in a million terrible crime. The hard thing to explain is that 99.9% .9 of our citizens who will go a lifetime never kill anybody or even attempt to. I mean, think about it. Divorce, layoff, infidelity, traffic accidents, in a lifetime of provocation. Less than one in a thousand citizens will even seriously attempt to take a life. Explain that. And so there is like this hardwired resistance in a lot of people. And the military realized that in World War II. I talk about it in my book, Assassination Generation, my book on killing. Uh, half a million couples sold worldwide. Marine Corps Commandant's Required Reading List uh, on Killing by Lieutenant Colonel Dave Grossman. And at the end of World War II, we realized we had a training flaw. We taught our troops to shoot bullseye targets. We have no known case any bullseyes ever attacking our troops. If you've been in the U.S. Armed Forces since the Korean War, you never once shot a bullseye. A man-shaped silhouette popped up in front of you. you. You fired a shot, you hit the target, target dropped. Stimulus response, stimulus response. It was right out of B.F. Skinner. It was intentionally used under strict discipline with adults to make killing a conditioned response. And, 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 and this, this, this mechanism is advanced today where the military is incredibly realistic simulators. The entire squad gets in a vehicle and they practice going in. The, it's like an aircraft simulator with a squad of infantry firing from inside their vehicle. And these, these incredibly realistic simulators make the transfer of killing skills from a simulator to reality. And just like a flight simulator transfers skills of, uh, of flying an aircraft. Well, the, the same thing is happening with the them. skills. And that's it. Mm -hmm. It makes it a conditioned response. You overcome that barrier. You overcome that resistance. In the military, we do it with adults. We do it with great caution. And the safeguards are built into it. When the same kind of simulators, murder simulators, mass murder simulators, are given to children, it, it should terrify us. And again, what's really astounding 
is we don't see more of these things. But remember, these things have never happened. And now they're everywhere. Mexico's mm -hmm. had at least three that I know of. Finland's had three. These are multiple homicides by juvenile on the school. Brazil's had several. There's one in Taiwan. There was one in Moscow. Moscow, Russia couldn't stop a juvenile from getting a gun, coming into school, and committing a multiple homicide. Around the world, these crimes are happening. And again, China succeeded in confiscating every gun. Do an online search of school attacks and daycare attacks and nursery attacks in China. It's not about what's in their hand. It's about what's in their head. We take God out of their lives and we put the most vicious, depraved, evil entertainment in their lives. And then we leave them as children to play these games together. What's really astounding is we don't see more of this. And, and there's yes. so much we can yeah. do, so much well, we can do, Timory, to protect our kids. And Colonel, I would like to talk to a few of the factors that are also contributing. You have video games as that leading cause. And you talk about this in your book, Assassination Generation. We've linked to that on social media as well as in the podcast notes, along with your book on killing, which these many of your books are required reading for many of our military personnel and law enforcement. Uh, but a couple other factors of information that's come out, the role that video games um, had in the formation of this young man who m slaughtered many children, um, to also the fact that this young man clearly was trying to figure out his masculinity. Uh, you take a father out of the picture. He's yes. raised by a mother who's a drug addict. Yes. His grandmother is the one he's living with, which by the way, allegedly he killed his grandmother before going to the school yes. to kill all these children. Yeah. Um, can you speak to everything from the oh. video, the social media, and also the fatherlessness, how this is a breakdown in the family, the removal of oh. God, and how this is ultimately a young man who is searching to figure out oh. how do I measure up as a man, yeah. as a young man who has been abandoned? Well done, Timory. That is so good because in my book on killing, we talk about group dynamics. We talk about 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 a, a, a higher authority demanding. We talk about distancing. We talk about, and what you just did was you did a beautiful job of outlining all the factors that are in play. And, and all these factors come into play. Look, this broken family, this fatherless individual, this, 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 this hedonistic upbringing, this, uh, the, the, all of these things, which of those can we do something about? Which of those can we do something about? I, and, and I tell you that it begins with these games. Uh, I, I, was, I was with President Trump's roundtable on violent video games. Uh, the video game industry was there uh, uh, just right off the Oval Room in the conference room. The president was there, President Trump. And they said, well, we really, we really want you to enforce the rating systems. And I said, so why did you fight all the way to the Supreme Court to sell any game to any kid at any age? This industry... Uh, you know, tobacco, alcohol, uh, firearms, automobiles, uh, so many industries accept regulation of their product when it comes to children. But this industry, the video game industry and the, and the, and the, the movies, and uh, the, the, this industry has fought tooth and nail to do one thing, to sell the most depraved, sick, disgusting products to children. And they fought all the way to the Supreme Court. It's in my book, Assassination Generation. And Timory, this is a place where we can make a difference and we can put God back in the school. We want to do what to do for your school, but for your child, one of the greatest investments you'll ever make is to put them in a private faith-based school and keep them safe and make sure that school does what needs to be done. 
That's Lieutenant Colonel Dave Grossman here on Trending, helping us to understand what has happened in Texas and why I think these answers are so important to help us see. You take God out of the picture, you replace it with things that aren't helping them, the breakdown of the family. This is why we have these mass shootings, these mass murders occurring against young children today. It's food for thought in a culture where many young men are searching to discover who they are, but you can't do that without God and you can't do that without an intact family. Matchmaker, matchmaker, make me a match. She is back. Celebrity and royal matchmaker Christina Pineda. They are featured everywhere from TMZ to Access Hollywood, and she's a faithful Catholic. This is Timory from Trending with Timory. We're going to get the matchmaker's thoughts on boundaries with the opposite sex in marriage. We'll talk about the Amber Heard and Johnny Depp case and kind of some insights into their marriage, and also take your questions, everything related to dating and relationships. So join us for our weekly marriage hour, 6 p.m. Central on Relevant Radio.